1: Breaking news. Right now, the Republicans in the U.S. House are in conference. Yesterday, you'll remember that I said the House Speaker race was a draw, that despite Steve Scalise winning the conference vote over Jim Jordan by a count of 113 to 99, that I wasn't certain he would be a slam dunk and make it to the floor for a full House vote, and that there was a chance Jordan would get the nomination. Why? Because there were people who voted for Jordan who vowed to never vote for Steve Scalise. Of the people who voted for Scalise, there weren't any who vowed to never vote for Jordan. So I surmised two things, that Scalise may not get the votes needed from Republicans and that Jim Jordan may indeed still stand a chance to win the Speaker's gavel. Well, last night, Scalise dropped out of the race for the reason I scooped yesterday. There are people who would simply not vote for him. So is it Jim Jordan or bust? Scuttlebutt is that representative David Joyce is talking with Democrats on a consensus candidate. We'll see if that's true. It appears Scalise people are just flat out mad. That doesn't mean they won't come around because, you know, there's a budget deadline looming and Israel needs help. Again, Republicans are in conference right now, and I wouldn't be shocked if the speaker vote takes place on the floor today, my guess, Jim Jordan, Ohio's Jim Jordan, has a 60 percent to 70 percent chance of being our next speaker. You heard it here first. I have calls and texts into folks in D.C., and if news breaks, I'll let you know as soon as I do. By the way, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. It's Friday and uh, it's open line Friday. So dial me at eight four four eight two five five nine eight nine. Do you want to talk about Israel, the border, the speaker race, or maybe you have questions for a guest we'll have on today? I'll be joined by U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Marino at 1135. So if you call early, you can get your question in the queue. At 1122, I'll be joined by Diane Jones, Westerville City School District board candidate. And at 1150, Austin Beigel, he's a fresh new candidate for the Ohio State House and will be running In the same district, occupied currently by one of the members of the Blue 22 incumbent, Jeff Luray, who was recently in the news this week. You heard it here because he is named in a lawsuit that alleges he's not following the Republican conference rules on the party's campaign war chest. So we'll hear from Austin primarily about his platform, but we're certainly going to ask him about Luray's conduct. And then the second hour of the show powered by. Who's powering the second hour of the show? The Alpha Beta Report at report.com brings us the Bruce Hooley. Bruce will be here at 1206. I cannot wait to hear the update on how Bruce is doing and what he's thinking about the crazy world that we're living in right now. So make sure you set an alarm for 1206. Then at 1235, Ohio Senator Mark Romanchuk will join us on the Legacy on PossumRun.com phone line to discuss Ohio issue two. That is the proposed law. That you are voting on now and up to November 7th, that aims to make possession and use of cannabis legal for recreational purposes while the state collects a 10% tax on your transactions. But there are a few things that aren't being talked about in the mainstream. I know, I know, you're shocked. But we'll talk about them here today. Namely, where's all the money from the tax going? And how potent must the weed be? You might be shocked. So make sure to tune in at 1235 when I talk to Senator Roman Chuck. If you've missed any of my reporting on Ohio schools and their alignment with progressive causes by teacher unions and law firms that are, frankly, twisting the law to, to deliver bad legal advice, I'm not an attorney, but uh, I've read Supreme Court cases that say, hey, the precedent in this case doesn't apply anywhere else. There are law firms in Ohio that are advising schools against what the Supreme Court Blatantly said, but it, I digress there. Check out the story titled, Are Ohio Schools Being Transparent with Parents and Taxpayers on Transgender Policies? Just go to theohiopressnetwork.com. Search up that title, Are Ohio Schools Being Transparent with Parents and Taxpayers on Transgender Policies? Well, why are we talking about that, Jack? Uh, why, why am I directing you there? Because one of the schools in the report, Olentangy Local School District, involves many of our listeners. It involves me as a parent. And the district, by my accounts, is one of the most woke in Ohio, So we'll be joined by Ben Weber at 1222. He's the education first candidate in that district's school board race who's being attacked, belittled, badgered by the progressives. And I'll, I'll even say the commies who pretend to be Republicans in Delaware County. So tune in to hear from Ben at 1222. It's open line Friday and it appears we have a call. And uh, Jennifer, welcome to the Bruce woolley Show. How are you this morning?
2: Great, Jack. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I appreciate the spotlight that you are placing on these school board races. They are so very, very important. Um, one of the things I wanted to um, just bring to your listeners today regards the Olin Tangy school board race, and I am happy that you'll speak with Ben later on today. But um our voters need to understand that one of the candidates running, Lizette Schreiber, um she is a democrat she also is employed by a law firm that is under paid contract with the district and why does this matter well it's actually against state law ohio revised code 3313.33 to accept the position when your employer is actually underpaid contract. And and there are all kinds of details that explain why. Um, How do I know this? The reason I know this is when I ran for school board in 2021, the district went to great lengths to try to intimidate me off of the ballot, including having their law firm send me a letter explaining ORC 3313.33 regarding a conflict of interest and wanted to make me aware, basically stating if I, if I won the seat, I could not legally accept the seat. Um, I pushed back. The, my employer was not under paid contract and we went back and forth and I even sought my own legal counsel and even my legal counsel agreed. ORC 3313 is very clear and that there would be a conflict of interest. So, I um, I questioned the board on this this past September, namely um, Kevin O'Brien, who is our school board president, who is up for re-election, and um, he responded back and said, well, you know, we've shared this information with Lizette as well, and it'll be up to her to follow through with her own legal counsel and figure out how she wants to proceed. Okay, fair enough. But Mr. O'Brien also interviewed Lizette a year beforehand and considered her for the appointment when they were filling an appointment seat, and he told others that she did not have a conflict of interest. So it was it was very interesting that all of a sudden he backpedaled and seemed to be wanting to play by the rules when they were called out on the rules. I have a problem with that because that shows that our school board members are continuing to try to be involved in the voters' choice of who their next representatives will be. And that's a huge problem. Julie Fiesel and Mindy Patrick did that back in 2021, and they violated Ohio Revised Code 124.61, which has very specific rules about how you use your title and your position to um, have influence in your community. So it's, it's something voters do need to be aware of. They need to be aware of this one particular candidate does have a conflict of interest, and the Olentangy School Board appears to be looking the other way. They've gone a step further that um, board member Kevin Dabraco and board member O'Brien are stumping for this candidate by promoting her on their own personal Facebook pages. So th- these are things that are not going to come up in mainstream media. I'm so grateful for this show that does the hard work to understand the nuances of every election. Voters need to do their research before they go to the polls on November 7th.
1: Jennifer, there's a lot there, and I think I'm following you. (laughs) We've got a couple of minutes, but let me just tell you my concern with Olentangy. The former superintendent, I I know that he's gone to – previously, he went to uh, Delaware County Republican Party dinners and postured as a Republican. Uh, I believe the former leader of the Republican Party there in Delaware County was actually a lobbyist as well for Olentangy Local School District. And you go, okay, well, what's your point there, Jack? Well, my point is, by my account – this is me, this is my opinion, and by the way, I have a – First Amendment right to express this opinion. Sorry if it hurts anybody's feelings. Olentangy local school district is one of the most woke in the state of Ohio, but yet you have Republicans with their their hands in it up to their elbows, and you go, well, how is that happening? And it seems like it's this kind of stuff that's happening. So if I followed you, and I've got only about a minute here, you have a candidate who's a Democrat. Who works for a law firm that is working with the district. So there is an inherent conflict. When you ran, there was a conflict and a law firm sent you a letter and said, sorry about your luck, but you really shouldn't run because if you do, then you really can't work with your current employer. Let me ask this dumb question. Do you know if the same law firm sent this sent the same type of letter to uh, Lizette? Uh, is it Schreiber or Schreiber?
2: its Schreiber and I do um I do not know if um that law firm did issue the letter um president Kevin O'Brien said that the district forwarded that information to Miss Schreiber, and I do want to. I do want to defend Republicans in in Delaware County. I am a central committee member for the Republican Party, and there are many of us fighting very, very hard to really represent our constituents. So it's not all Republicans. Agree. I agree. There, to, to, to your point, there. You know, we're scratching our heads. It, to your point. How did we get here? Hey Jennifer, How did we get to we're to we're, point? we're
1: at the end. I apologize for the okay. hard out. Thank you for the call. Stay tuned. Hey, if you're a candidate for a government job, do you know that you don't have to join the union in order to get that job? If you have a government job, do you know that you don't have to pay union dues if you're not in the union? Why? The Supreme Court said so five years ago. Since then, the Freedom Foundation has been helping free government employees from union bondage. How? Via optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. Go there, see how simple and seamless it is to leave your union and save, on average, $1,100 per year. In this Bidenomics world, that's real money. More you will keep that money from union bosses who 97% of the time fund progressive policies in our government and schools. So go to optouttoday.com and thank you to the Freedom Foundation. Speaking of schools, uh, joining me right now on the legacy on com phone line is Diane Jones. Diane, welcome to the Bruce Woolley show.
3: Thank you, Jack. Thank you for having me on your show.
1: It's an honor. And, uh, you are a candidate for school board in Westerville City School District. Is that correct? That is correct. Hey, give yeah. us a give us a pulse on the district. What's going on there, and uh, is that what prompted you to run?
3: Well, you know, I've lived in Westerville for 23 years. Um, my kids grew up here. Um, they're out of college or, or in, still in college, um, but it's it's just important to give back to um, our community, no matter how big or small. But my focus is our future, and um, our future is our kids. And what's going on in our school districts are um, a lot of chaos and division. Um, schools are forcing our kids to look at the world through an adult lens, and that's a heavy burden for kids. Yep. So my focus is going to be on what the community actually um, told me when I was gathering my um, my signatures to be on the petition. Mm. I asked them what was their you know, what was your concern with the district? And then my platform became the community's concern.
1: What are those? Can you can you share those with the listeners?
3: Yeah. Um focusing on their student academics, um, the students deserve, you know, a curriculum that's rooted in facts. We need to pull out the personal, political and ideological concepts that are going in there, into the classrooms. Yep. Because our main role as a school is to support students and guide them to academic success. And that's what I'm going to be fighting for—the parents' rights for this.
1: You know, the uh, the, the parents' rights issue is, uh, is 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 pretty stunning, and I don't want to drag you into a political argument. But we've talked a lot about issue one and what that means potentially for parents if issue one passes, particularly in uh, with their right to steward their kids, whether they're pregnant and want to abort or want to gender transition. And we know, I know personally as editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, I've done the reports myself. There are schools in the state of Ohio who are working with students without the knowledge of parents to, at first, socially transition them. Um, And you think about it and you go, you know, we just came out of COVID. And I don't care if you have four stars or five stars on your report card uh, based on the state's assessment. When you really dig in, Kids are not proficient. They're not proficient at reading. They're not proficient at math. And we have a limited number of days and hours in a school year. And uh, we're, we're spending those hours on things that don't relate directly to math, science and reading and writing. So it's refreshing to hear that uh, academics is number one on your list and, uh, and parents' rights. Do you have – have you had any ill episodes of parents' rights being breached in your district? Um, and if not, what, what compels you to, to take that stance?
3: well um i've heard, you know i've had i've talked to parents and especially in my neighborhoods and when I've been walking around and you know knocking on doors um, I think they have been i think um, the schools now are kind of crossing that line. parents are the you know parents these kids have parents the schools are not their parents Amen. and some of the books that have been brought home um, especially in um, the elementary uh, i've seen some some books and i 've read um, A little bit bits and pieces of it and I think the concern is that parents want their kids to be um, ready for the next level either it's from elementary to middle school or middle school to high school or high school and beyond but our kids aren't ready so instead of focusing on gender and um, ideological concepts let's focus on our academics but I will say on that note is that I do believe in freedom of speech and freedom of expression But – and I would propose, you know, that there there be an elective after-school discussion groups for kids and parents who believe in those, you know, ideological teachings. So it would be there, but for people who actually are in the same mindset. For the parents and the kids who are not, they don't have to go to these after-school discussion groups. So I do have something out there, and hopefully we'll discuss, you know – when I get elected. But that is but the focus is on our academics and our discipline and our schools to make sure that we have classrooms that are you know teachers can teach and students can learn.
1: <laughs> what a novel concept. And you said something that really <laughs> strikes a good nerve with me. You said, you know, I believe in freedom of speech and we can have these after school discussion programs. What a juxtaposition to the people on the I- other side of the ideological spectrum. I'm and, – and by the way, this is rumor. Uh, the rumor right now is there was a principal let go in one of central Ohio's school districts and he was let go because he wanted teachers to focus on reading, writing and math. wanted them to let go of all of these social justice issues and uh, he's out in the cold. He's under investigation. So it's interesting um, – I love your position. Yeah. You have the strength of, of character to say, hey, I don't agree with you, but we can have this discussion. Um, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, to volunteer, or to act on your behalf?
3: Absolutely. Um, I have my website. It is com, And if you go on the website, it's my platform's on there, and it gets into detail of what I'm standing up for. Um, there's an area that you can go, and if you want to donate to my campaign, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. In other areas, if you want to volunteer or yard signs, you can fill out information, and we'll get back with you.
1: She is Diane Jones. She's a candidate for school board, Westerville City School District. Go to Jones for Westerville City Schools, and that's W-E-S-T-E-R-V-I-L-L-E, com. You can donate. You can volunteer. Uh, Diane, thank you for spending time with us on The Bruce Woolley Show, and I'm certain that we'll have you back soon.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Hey, um, thank you for tuning in. It's always an honor and a pleasure to have you here. And uh, what a rock star day so far. Uh, Jennifer uh, from Olin Olentangy called in, and then we just heard from Diane Jones. And guess what? Up next, we have U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Marino. Bernie's going to be here to talk to us about A plan that he has to eliminate the chaos. And we'll talk a little bit about the latest poll in the GOP race next.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.